have become a queer mixture of the East and the West. At a place everywhere, at home nowhere. Perhaps my thoughts and approach to life are more akin to what is called Western than Eastern. But India clings to me. She does to all her children, in innumerable ways. I am a stranger and alien in the West. I cannot be of it. But in my own country, also, sometimes I have an exile's feeling. Those were the words of Jawaharlal Nehru in his autobiography, Towards Freedom in 1936. Now, I can't write as well as Jawaharlal Nehru does, let alone speak as well. But what I do realize is that I feel the same way. And if I feel the same way of being out of place while I was being brought up and educated abroad, and also feeling out of place when I'm back home in India, I can bet that there are many people like me, millions of young people like me who feel the same way. Who not only just feel a sense of identity, a culture, our heritage, but a sense of responsibility to the country that we call home. Hello, a very warm welcome to the first episode of Swadeshi Videshi. And today we're going to start off with uh, two guests at Oxford, uh, Jotsana Mera, who is an MSc student here. Um, what college are you? I'm at St. Anthony. St. Anthony. And then we also have Yashashwi Bagga, who is a undergraduate here at Oxford. And what college are you in? Regent's Park. Regent's Park. Never heard of that, but I haven't heard of half the colleges. Nobody ever has. Nobody ever has. So this part of this segment of Swadeshi Vidishi is to kind of have a conversation with Indians, um, Indians that are studying abroad, Indians that are back home, or uh, non-residential Indians as well. And the idea is is to discuss things that are occurring uh, within the youth. Um, the aim is to have a dialogue about what's happening and kind of talk about these contemporary issues uh, that either you know make us proud, uh, that make us laugh, or that are a serious concern that needs to be talked about. I think that we hear all these journalists screaming off um, in their news channels, we hear all these experts in their bubbles, but how do you dispense all that information and what's coming down to us, right? The, the generation that hopefully will be leading India uh, will actually be part of India and will make up India. And this is one way that I thought in this segment is to actually talk about these things. So without further ado, let's have a conversation. All right. Yep. As you know, our first episode is premiering on Republic Day, which happens to be on a Friday this year, and as always, um, I'm somewhat confused, because a lot of people ask me, what is India's Republic Day, right? So, you know, you have Holi, you can explain it to the white people and be like, oh, it's the festival of colors, Diwali, the festival of mm -hmm. lights, and they get it, they're on it, they know they're Diwali and they're Holi. How do you explain Republic Day to someone? Jyotla. Yeah, I think Republic Day, when I have to explain to someone, uh, I'd say that this was the day the Indian constitution was enacted. 
And Indian constitution is very important because it has kept this great Indian project of so many diverse communities. If it's kept them together, so and all these values that are enshrined in the constitution are highly important, and that's why the Republic Day is important. But you know, when you say like, "Oh, it enshrines the constitution," what does that mean to you know a typical? Uh, teenage or young adult Indian like how like what does Republic Day really mean like do you celebrate it yeah so not exactly celebrate in the sense you would se- in the way you would celebrate a festival but I do remember it and I remember what it means for all of us in that the constitution is essentially the spine of India as a political unit mm-hmm. I mean that India cannot function without its constitution like well that's any country right yeah I mean India is like every other country in that way that needs a functioning legal underlying spine mm-hmm. and in that sense republic day has to be celebrated in a different way i mean we're not going to go around chucking colored powder at people mm. or blowing up things <laughs> but it's a day of we don't blow of up things what are you talking about <laughs> maybe it's about you know looking back at how we, we've performed in all these years and trying to keep this project going so when you go to south india you not able to understand the language there and then you realize you know we're still we, this person is as much as an indian as i am as an as a punjabi it's maybe because um the founding fathers of india have pro have enshrined these values in the constitution that um give us all same equal rights and maybe that's why uh, and that's how you could um so you understand mil- the republic here's a million dollar question Say I'm a uh, white guy going at Oxford and I ask you, hey, what's the difference between Independence Day that you celebrate on the 15th of August and Republic Day, which you celebrate um, in January? Independence Day was when we kicked out our previous rulers and Republic Day was so when... So the white people? Yeah. Welcome <laughs> the new ones. <laughs> yeah, and Republic Day is when we actually took the burden of power upon ourselves, mm-hmm. the burden of actually taking a path as a nation. And when you say, you know, we took that burden upon ourselves, do you think we've lived up to that burden? Do you think we've showed responsibility with that burden? Some of us have, some of us haven't. To some extent, I think we have. It's a, it, India is a very big country and you have issues. You always have issues in even smaller countries like Belgium, say. But um, to, so, so that's why I think um, we have to, this, to the extent that we're all still this one nation. Um, so we can, we can have all our different ideas of India, but then the constitution the republic gives us the space to express all our different ideas of india so you know obviously republic day we're putting emphasis on the republic in itself right and the concept of of being a republic is we transfer ownership that we as citizens of the country have and we give it to the people that we think are uh, i guess are 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 eligible to hold that power and and to make decisions for ourselves now while we do that there's obviously a lot of discontent with our current leadership our past our previous leadership and one of the questions that you know come across to me is uh the system in itself you know in the united states we had the whole drain the swamp with the whole trump coming in um they're the Modi kind of one on that same kind of platform and trying to bring an outsider into Lutian Zeli, etc., to shake things up. It doesn't seem like things have shaken up. Um, I want to ask, what about the system in itself? You know, like, what about the institution of India? Do you 
do you think that these institutions are independent? Um, what are some flaws? I just want to get like briefly your thoughts. So it does have flaws, but in the end, the institution of India is a lot more than these different parts of the Indian state. So like it is, the institution of India is more than like the judiciary or the executive or the legislature. What are they then? What are the? That's the thing. It's the is the idea of the republic in itself, and that's what I meant when I like the constitution is not just the spine; it's also in a sense the soul. Mm. In that, and you believe that? Yeah. Okay. It, it doesn't just you do that. You do that. Yeah, I think that it, it's it also there in our culture to to be more freedom loving. I think because see, we we are the sort of people who litter everywhere, and you know, <laughs> you're like you know, yeah. We, we thank God we have like a campaign that wants to clean India up. But then oh, such Bharat. Yes, but then <laughs> still, I think we are the sort of people who are quite chaotic in some ways, hmm. and we don't like to listen to. Um, we don't like to take orders and <laughs> you know on the switch yeah. bar thing i just remember this uh this uh, this winter break i was in india and this local SHO was uh, organizing basically a local Swachh Bharat Abhiyan mm-hmm. um, in, in Haryana and of this very small, basically, district. And basically, he comes to the venue where this is supposed to take place, this, you know, uh, little event to mm-hmm. kind of promote it. And basically, and I'm there as well. And he says, you know, and he goes, you know, behind this little boundary wall out in the open and he basically, you know, pees out in the open and then comes back and he's like, you know, and this yeah. idea. So when you say, you know, we have these <laughs> rules, we're trying to do these things, but those rules, are they really followed? Yeah. Kind of sense of a disrespect towards... That's the thing, no one follows the rules, but that is the essential spirit of, you know, like a democracy, like chaos and... Is that sustainable? Not, no. Not really, but I think that's where the culture clashes with the constitution yeah. in that the indian cultural psyche is different from the psyche of the st- like the state as a legal entity like states by definition require rules, rules unless you're yeah. talking about some sort of anarchy mm-hmm. anarchic system that yeah, yeah. like any constitution is by definition at its core a set of rules mm-hmm. as to how the country is to be organized and if the culture of a country inherently includes not following rules then mm-hmm. your cultural psyche and your legal psyche are at odds with mm-hmm. each other and that is a problem eventually one or the other has to change has to change you know when you when you talk about anarchy um this brings me to the next point that i wanted to talk to you about so as an nri uh one of the biggest things that i that you know i correlate with india is bollywood and overall indian cinema and as both of you know uh there's a lot going down um that the source of tension right now is Mm -hmm. bollywood specifically a movie uh, Padmavati or Padmavat now and there, there's been so many there's name changes no that, yeah. that yeah. <laughs> so many name changes that yeah. I can't even keep up but basically to summarize for the audience uh, this movie that was based on a fictitious uh, movie um, uh, sorry fictitious poem uh, called Padmavat was basically made into a Sanjay Leela Bansali's Deepika Padukone and uh, Ranveer Singh Shahid mm-hmm. Kapoor star movie has run into a shit ton of trouble yeah uh and now after you know three states four states banned the film the supreme court ordered against it saying well i mean they did their job and said that this was uh in its right to be released now this uh specific i wouldn't even say fringe group uh uh that represents you know the cast of rajputs and their interest has kind of um, you know, organized these hartals, these buns, these protests in a way, 
to to uh, against the movie and obviously public infrastructure has been uh, the number one um, cost but also movie theaters have been burned down etc and the reason that i said that i didn't want to say fringe group is because these people that are doing these things aren't fringe they're people just like us except they were born and brought up and are still in india they're young people who are actually out in the streets doing this so let me let me talk to you about this like how how sustainable is this is based off of a fictitious movie right people are coming out and saying that their sentiments and their emotions have hurt and they are getting in the way and harming others so just not like how would you explain this to someone uh, from the you know outside that asks you and takes it you know if if I just read a newspaper and heard what was happening over mm. a Bollywood movie yeah no um, it's quite disgusting but I wouldn't say I'm appalled because this is something that we saw in the Salman Rushdie case I think we're a very religious society and we are a very uh, we're a society that gets easily offended at but is this very religious small things. Um, but they think that, you know, a Hindu woman, it, she's being, you know, she's um, flirting around with this uh, Muslim king. So that angle and there are romantic scenes between the two of them. But so, we we don't know what scenes there are because the movie, claim, again, I want to clarify. Even seen yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie hasn't been released. Yeah. None of these people have watched it. Yeah. I actually was watching a press conference and this, the head of the uh, head of basically the Karni Sena, which is the Rajput, yeah. uh, uh, you know, symbolism, like basically yeah. organized uh, organization is saying, oh, I haven't seen the movie. But, but I have I... seen, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's disgusting. And, 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 and I think it reflects on anything but the valor of these uh, people who are just burning down schools because they're, there's this annual f- school function performance on the song Goomer mm, or yeah. they're burning buses, of school, you know, school buses. It's just, I think this is not what, um, you know, if they are claiming to be custodians of uh, Rajput or Hinduism, um, Rajput culture, Hinduism, it's anything but that because there has been a strong tradition of freedom of speech in um, Hindu um, culture, I think. Yeah, but like more generally though, like on the side of the protesters, their exact motivations are questionable in the sense that they're probably not very good motivations. Yeah. But I feel more important than analyzing the motivations of this particular group are analyzing the motivations on the other side of the conflict, that on the side of the government. And the people who are supposed to be ensuring security. Yeah. I mean, you will always have some idiots or the other trying to ban something or trying to, you know, hold the state and the rest of the people of the country to ransom. And analyzing the motivations of each of them is impossible. And like countering yeah. each of them is impossible. You will always have someone who's irritated and is like willing to burn things down. Mm. But the people who would, on the other side, who are supposed to be held to a much higher standard are the elected leaders mm-hmm. and the appointed leaders of the state. Who are also taking part mm-hmm. in these That's protests. Exactly are they worried about so their I'm, electoral yeah, I, like, I'm not as disappointed with the idiocy of the Karni Sena as mm-hmm. I am with the utter cowardice of the people in the state. Yeah. But I just want to clarify, it's not just the Karni Sena, right? So, like, I'm going on my Facebook and these people that I thought I knew, right? Mm-hmm. They might not be the urban elite that we're used to yeah, here at I mean, Oxford, but they're, you know, people that are in rule in Haryana and Rajasthan and Punjab. And these people who are not part of the Rajput caste, right, or different castes in their groups, and they're educated, right, are also, you know, taking part in in in, in these yeah, like, yeah, protests. No matter how far you like expand the like the movement against the movie, like Karni Sena or Karni Sena plus other groups who are educated, not educated. The, like my point was is that again, since it's a Republic Day related broadcast, mm-hmm. from the perspective of the of of the institutions yeah. of the nation. In the end, you will always have someone who is willing to do things that are against 
the law yeah. but the people you have to rely on in these cases are the people who are in the state people who are part of the state whether it's police judiciary mm-hmm. elected ministers yeah and it's again it's disappointing that on their side they have shown like this case and previous cases as well like the case uh, about the dera sacha sauda mm-hmm. that they are in like in most cases like entirely unwilling to pick up the burden that they are constitutionally mandated to and this was there it was mentioned explicitly in the supreme court ruling regarding the banning of this movie in four states as well that it is the job of the state to ensure that freedom of speech is available to all rather than just saying we're going to ban the movie because there are law and mm-hmm. order concerns and they are like utterly failing to do that duty and that for me is the more problematic aspect than the karni sena and their associated m- miscreants and their uh, questionable motives mm-hmm. Yeah, a country that aspires to be a superpower should not be f- doing street wars and rioting over fictitious or non-fictitious figures even. Um, but you know, having said that, I I think it's um, very easy, um, or at least relatively easy, to get away with um, this perceived attack on Hindu figures or deities than say other religious deities. I mean, there was a scene in PK, uh, PK, yeah, where you know you saw Shiva, you know, running mm-hmm. and being chased by this weird alien, um, Amir yeah. Khan. Um, you know, try replacing that with say Prophet Muhammad or even um, a Sikh guru or something. Yes, you know, you know w- what sort of problems that would create yes, in India. Yes, that's yeah. exactly what I mean. Though, like right now, you have one pretty, like uh, uh, like the BJP. catering to the wishes of some groups and yeah if it was some other party they would cater to the wishes of like muslims doing essentially the same thing but with different labels on it yeah but the point is whoever is elected to government and whoever is entrusted with the responsibility of carrying out the duties of the state yeah should have the backbone to say mm. that you know what if you don't like this movie don't watch it yeah. do not you yeah. but if you if you try to burn down the theater you're going to end up in jail i mean you can even challenge it on an intellectual level or yeah, exactly. go to the court but don't burn down yeah. people's cars <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, exactly like or buses yeah, uh, or, just or a video of, like yeah, children like that the karni sena etc are wrong i don't mean to say that you know the that oic etc yeah, should also yeah. be allowed yeah, exactly. to prevent prophet muhammad being shown in mo- in yeah. movies yeah, there yeah, should yeah. be a, you know the freedom of speech should not be applied selectively But, basically yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. you know one thing that i think about is like uh, speaking on a very you know like our audience is is the dc diaspora our audience or the students that are studying outside so you know like how difficult is it to explain the situation to a novice or to explain to someone like you know to me it's it's kind of like oh right now i want india to become you know uh this next superpower but by the way right now our main leading actress of that movie is threatened by elected mm. representatives that they will yeah, hang her yeah. assassinate her or behead her mm. you know there's this paradox that we just can't seem to answer and then that also comes to our daily lives like think about it we love bollywood uh, we love to brag about it but at the same time this is happening uh how do you how do you you know confront the reality of it and then more importantly how do you explain in terms of like is this like an endemic flaw that we have Yeah so political Just, opportunism electoral vote bank politics i think but is are there, those yeah. but but uh, my question is is are we just you know trying to shift the blame are we trying to shift the blame into uh, or politics in general when this is also a harsh reality of india yeah it is but then again like Party, since you yeah. said that how would i explain it to someone in the uk yeah. in the end people tend to put us in one binary category exactly, or the yeah. other in that either you are a country which is doing well 
or you are one which is doing badly and you're never a country which is doing well in some ways but badly yeah, in others yeah. mm-hmm. so like if i was to tell people who are like vaguely familiar with india and i'm including people who are pios and indian origin generally if you tell them that the padmavat thing is happening padmavati thing then yeah be be careful yeah. in the name you use you might just get lynched you never know just we that someone else <laughs> 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 let's, let's clarify <laughs> the kundi sena does it have a uk branch or not cuz before we release this more than it that like even people of indian origin so like when they see something like this happening they will put us in the classic weak state developing category right. where freedom of speech is, speech is highly threatened hmm. or and if we tell like so that's the category we usually tend to be put in but and the category we try to get them to put us in is the proper like is the country which is on a consistently good path but the reality is we're neither i mean sometimes we do have victories mm. like the fact that the supreme court did not let these states ban mm. these movies yeah, like yeah, madhya yeah. pradesh yeah, exactly. etc yeah. is also a victory in yeah, some sense yeah. in that at least some people within the state have shown the guts to see and even save... the censor board let it go through despite exactly. all those exactly. guts yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> despite still, all those yeah. guts like in the end by the way when i mean like this is a huge thing that everyone talks about and it's it's something that's very difficult. This movie. Oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, we, you know we should go all watch it. Yeah. That's how we should celebrate. <laughs> um but the, my my question is is like you know one one big thing that people outside of living in India don't understand is they're used to a certificate board whereas where we have a censor board. It's technically not the censor board though. It's never it, legally it is never it known is as the censor board. board. But it's yeah. it does it's, what it need it it censors the Central sh- Board of Film Certification I believe is the actual name. But whatever it is but it doesn't act board, yeah. 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 Yeah, it doesn't that, act as a certificate yeah. board. It censors, and it has the the scary part is it it has that mandate to do so, right? Whereas here uh, in the states and the UK, the certificate board does not have the mandate yeah. to mm. put on uh, I mean, cuts. We're not letting condom ads been shown before. Mm. What time is it? It's ten to six. Uh, AM that they can the country of 1.3 billion people. Yeah, the, yeah. No, this is a huge thing. It's yeah. like, well, not just that, country of 1.3 billion, we have the second highest rate of oh, AIDS. Yeah. Uh we have the highest rate of STDs. Right. Um there was a uh, study done by WHO, I think in 2014, 2015, but you know, we can't understand the fact that the rate of our STDs are directly correlated yeah. to condoms because condoms <laughs> prevent STDs. <laughs> and then our literally our our government and i think they took back after an uproar yeah. um but why why ban them there is no rationale beyond just straight up prudery i mean what is the problem with condoms like it's not if i was 13 and i saw a condom and my first idea is not going to be let's go and have sex with someone right No, I'm sorry. I, I come uh, back to the, the censor board won't let this podcast come out. You can't say the word sex. <laughs> I, I come back to the constitution on this point. Sanskari, dude. I think you know this whole idea of like keeping everyone happy is the reason behind this. So you keep all these conservative, you know, weirdos mm-hmm. like happy, and you keep um, you know the liberal ones happy by actually releasing the film, and then but you still have the cuts in it. So I think that essentially is actually keeping India together. So you're perpetually. confused <laughs> you yeah. know what you want to do no that yeah. makes sense yeah. so we have to wrap up but uh, uh, last question that i want to ask both of you uh what are your plans to celebrate republic day this friday uh in the united kingdom <laughs> okay so um, i there's some whispering going on what are <laughs> what are those plans uh well the indian national students association is having its opening dinner oh yeah. okay so you're invited wow okay there's, there's maggie and games wait and if there's Chai maggie then i'm coming I, wait is this why you came on this podcast you to make give... the best maggie yeah. so <laughs> marketing come. marketing look at that 
Yes, and and um, yeah, it's a, it's an organization that that here acts as a link between the high commission and the students. So seems like basically. some sort of propaganda. Har Modi, Ghar Ghar Modi. The government changes every five years. Yeah, true. You know. <laughs> yeah. So so no, that that's a perfect yeah. that's a perfect example of you know working rather than so that that's one big issue. I'm sorry, this is another tangent, but. It's great that you're working with an institution. You're working with something that's always going to be there, rather than a party that's in and out of power. Because you see a lot of diaspora members working with, you know, the overseas friends of BJP or the uh, Congress, um, you know, overseas branch. But there's very limited interaction with the actual institutions, the mm -hmm. high commissioners. And I actually wanted to talk to you about that. You know, like what are the, you know, institutions doing, like the commissioners, uh, commission, high commissions these embassies that are supposed to be everywhere in terms of interacting with this huge amount of, you know, student and young people that are outside of India. Yeah, so this has just started last year. So this is, uh, so they intend to bring all these Indian students together through the INSA chapters and provide them with networking opportunities and let them interact with um, industrialists, lawyers, politicians from India and with each other so that, you know, they could build um, sustainable, lasting relationships with them. And then also, but if they have real issues on the ground here, living far away from home, they can always refer to the High Commission through such institutions, I think. So that's something, um, I think it's it's really useful in that sense. My personal motivations for working for it are that I feel that Indian interaction with the diaspora has largely been partisan in that mm -hmm. i mean mm. you know the classic modi wembley rally and stuff yeah, like that yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the thing i don't want all indian governmental interaction with okay people so outside of India. separating the party from the yeah, government exactly. which is which isn't done quite often yeah that's all. the thing so I, like in some way or the other at least like if not in india at least here i want to yeah. contribute to something where you know we are essentially building an institution mm -hmm. that is not partisan and mm. if the congress comes into power in 2019 yeah. you know, it's like anyone at all it doesn't matter yeah. Mm. because largely the policies will remain the same yeah. and it's again it represents India not a particular party yeah. mm -hmm. and, and that's why I would want to contribute to it because India, that's something there's a shortage of it generally mm -hmm. yeah. alright so I think we're going to end this right here but thank you so much Jocelyn and Yashashvi for coming and talking thank you. and I hope that uh, INSA I like, the, I like the name of that <laughs> Um, is is a huge success and I'm just considering this an open invitation to all the podcast viewers to come and uh, to your party and eat Maggie <laughs> but, uh, Happy Republic Day Happy Republic Day but thank you so much for coming and The goal of Swadeshi Videshi is to bring together Indians and India It's kind of an uphill battle because Indians are spread all over the world but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try So we're going to try to get in contact with Indians all over the world and ask them to come speak. We're gonna try to talk to students, to professionals, to old people, to young people, and to see if we can bring about some commonalities while we explore pressing issues that are happening to India as we speak. Now, some of it might get controversial, some of it might be boring, but our hopes are that by the end of this podcast and every podcast, you'll feel more relatable. You'll feel you know more. I hope you enjoyed the conversation that we had today. It's our first podcast, so we're bound to make mistakes, but we'll only learn and get better from here. Now, if you want to take part in any questions, suggestions, or just want to tell me how much you love Sudhanshu Videshi, you can contact me on Twitter at Sudhanshu Kaushik. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Sudhanshu Videshi. We 
hope you learned a little bit more, not just about India, but Indians. And we'll be back next week with another episode in hopes of bringing Indians closer to India.